0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Integrate Yourself. I'm your host, Allison Pillow. I'm a certified metabolic and nutrition coach, and I love sharing with you creative ideas that you can use and integrate throughout your life, of ways you can bring health into your life, joy into your life, happiness into your life. But first, you have to have that foundation, that foundation of nutrition and fitness in order to feel good in your body, good enough to be happy, good enough to take on other stressors, maybe good stressors or helping people that you love or living your dream. You need energy for that. So this is what I help people with. I help them build that foundation so that they do have the energy to live the life they love in the body they love. So if you want to find out more about how I help people do this, you can head over to pureenergypdx.com. Today, I'm really excited to share this amazing interview with you. John McMullen is a mentor of mine. He has been a teacher for a really long time and a huge influence on me, on my my own inner growth, my own personal growth, as well as my coaching business and how I navigate that and help others in my business. So uh, it's really special to me to be able to share this with you guys. I want to just point out that the whole reason I met John was through J.P. Sears. And this is the work that J.P. started out with years ago. If you remember our interview with him on episode 17, and J.P. actually referred me to John when I took J.P.'s class years ago. And it really changed my life when when I just decided to schedule that call with John. But I learned things from him that helped me become an adult to create responsibility for myself. And uh, with that, also, as you'll hear in the show, we talk about this very subject, really creating uh, or discovering, I should say, values aside from what we learned from our parents or what our parents' values were. Um, sometimes we take those on even as adults without even realizing it. And then we don't understand why we're not, why we're not happy or not fulfilled in life because we really haven't ever established those values for ourselves. And it's so important. And and it's a thing I, that I help my clients with as well. And we talk about establishing their own value system and making sure that they are clear on that. Because if you're going by other people's values all the time, you're just going to follow plan after plan, that's not going to work for you um, or plans that for your health that aren't going to work for you because they're not based on your value system. So a lot of times that's like one of the most important things. You know, if you think about it, if you're changing your lifestyle, if you're changing your diet, if you're changing your uh, physical movement practice, um, those all have to be based on your value system. Like what time of day is best for you? What uh, is your physiology like? What is that like? You know, is it, uh, do you need to work out in the morning? Is that more important for you because you just don't have the energy in the evening? Do you need to do a certain workout, uh, not the hit workout? Maybe that's not something that is going to serve you right now, maybe based on your physiology or maybe even your mood or maybe even your personality, you need a different kind of workout or you need, you know, some kind of a work in exercise like Tai Chi, Qigong. Gong, yoga, that kind of thing. So those are things that, um, you know, values would be like, hey, these things are really important for me to be happy um, in my life. So, you know, for example, it, you'd use all these same things to to create a house, to create a home. You create that in your environment. It, it also is important to create that in your health. And so, if you don't value, if you value only really healthy food, or organic food, then you should have that in your refrigerator. You shouldn't have other things or compromise those values for other people. You know, so um, those are just small examples of what I'm talking about. But if you can think about that and look at the bigger, look at the bigger picture. Um, for me, what I'll share with you guys one example. Um, as I've been doing the podcasting and getting on the computer more, which was not the case when I started coaching, I it required very little sitting down and getting on the computer time, uh, if at all, uh, I think I had like a one page website when I first started and, and that was really it. And so, um, really the whole reason that I got into the business that I did was to stay active and to keep moving and, and to, because I enjoy movement and I wanted to help people that way. It wasn't because I wanted to sit at a desk, so, one of my values is to is movement. Like, I really need to have a job that keeps me moving all day because this is what I enjoy doing. So, when I compromise that value a bit by sitting at the computer and getting more work done there, because in this day and age, of course, we have to do find a balance of that somehow, then you create a, a plan around that that doesn't compromise your value system too much. So, for example, I will you know, only be on the computer for so long and then I'm going to take a break and I'm going to go for a really long walk and I'm going to come back or I'm going to take a break and go do a workout or, or I'm going to get a snack or something like that, you know, something that nourishes me and nurtures myself, like some self-care. So I'm not going to forget about the things that I need to do to take care of myself Um, Because that's my value system. So that's part of my values. So again, establishing that if that's something that's important to you, if movement is important to you, um, then you need to maybe find something in your life that uh, facilitates that, that supports that in your life. So that's just an example of how I integrate that in my life. So just a quick note about the show, My and I both, uh, this was one of our last shows together that we recorded with John, and he's a very special person and dear to both of our hearts, so we are so excited, and we hope that you enjoy this episode as much as we did. So without further ado, John McMullen, enjoy.
1: Today we are here with John McMullen, the grand master of weirdness. John is a regular human being with all the typical flaws and imperfections. However, he also has a powerful superhuman who carries a powerful torch of self-discovery, reverence for life, and a wisdom of inner truth. John is the creator of Journeys of Wisdom, a place where human seekers can discover their own greatness to fully experience life, their own greatness, uh, and to know that they are loved. Thousands from around the world have connected with John either one-on-one, group calls, or attended intensive four-day workshops. John also teaches coaches how to empower themselves and pass the torch of empowerment to others through his program, Holistic Coaching Certification. Welcome, John, to our podcast. We are so grateful for you to be here today. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and how you became a holistic coach and what it means to you?
2: Well, first, thank you. Um, that sounds like a pretty good, pretty good description. Um, I like
1: that, huh? <laughs> yeah,
2: I do. Uh, I think the uh, idea of learning to coach oneself is really important uh, holistically. And by that, uh, I'm suggesting that we are a multifaceted person We're an emotional, mental, physical, spiritual, intuitive human. And when parts of our ego don't trust self based on some of the trauma all of us have had growing up, uh, we sit uh, with reactive behavior, uh, which I created at one point owning, well, totally 12 businesses. Um it took me a long time to figure out I was running businesses to prove my worth. So once I caught on to the deception of self, I started coaching self, starting with psychology classes and the like. Ultimately developed into an effort uh, with a program called Touch for Health, in which I sit on the board teaching applied kinesiology which is a process of learning to trust intuition and so learning intuition for me is learning how to teach our ego not to interfere with the clarity of consciousness from another source once i learned how to do that and felt what mattered to me i was able to learn to teach those who are willing to listen with their heart how to do that also. So does that answer your question?
1: I think our listeners might like that. Um, and, and you said something about what it means to you. And, um, that's one of the the main things that you come first with and besides the three prayers. And, uh, as I remember the prayers were, um, Ah, as I blank out. <laughs> well, I'll Got- help <laughs> they are, Uh
2: The first is um, to allow ourselves uh, the humbleness of uh, first may the higher purpose be served, be served. That's right. which is to suggest that it's a purpose is being served beyond the control dramas of our own ego. The second is, surprise me, God. If in fact you call higher source or uh, God or whatever name we choose to give it, if we invite source, God, to surprise us, then we are not blindsided by surprises, owning shame and fear uh, that we attach to being surprised. The third prayer is, return me to innocence, which for me means to realize we're adult children and we lose our curiosity the passion of curiosity and courage uh, and a defended ego to hide from life uh, my invitation is to become child like not childish so that we can begin to discover what it is we don't know we don't know mm. These
1: are so powerful. They're amazing. Um, and one of the things that we were working um, together on is talking about what does the aging um, aspect do to the ego versus the soul, the resistance of that and the reverence of that?
2: Wow. Great question. <clears throat> I would guess because all mortals carry and ego, which is how parts of our mind were conditioned early in our life to perceive the illusion of time. So we speak in terms of consciousness as what has been, is, or will be. The soul spirit therein is timeless. And it is the part of us that reminds us that uh, we are eternal. There is no time. And that we've been given a body on loan for a while to experience this literal realm in this realm of duality to trick ourselves so we can obtain a consciousness higher than our own deception.
1: Mm. Can you put them in layman terms? That's a lot for a lot, maybe some of our listeners um, in terms of relativity to maybe the body itself and decay of how it feels to be in an older body and mind is still young and vibrant.
2: There is a part of me that believes I'm a 77-year-old fart. <laughs> there is another part of me that looks in the mirror and <laughs> wonders who that <laughs> old guy is looking back at me. <laughs> <laughs> so, to answer your question, um, it is amazing as we permit ourselves to explore passionately the message of life. How we become younger and younger in terms of passion, of curiosity. Um, I believe the aging of our body is a belief. That principally aging is a process of um, punishing ourselves internally. Mm -hmm. And we beat up on glands and organs, that we actually disrupt the vibration of parts of our body that repair itself. Mm -hmm. For example, looking at the frayed ends of the DNA and how they promote. aging through uh, what we do with the cells in our body through stress Uh, history has recorded a number of folks who've lived many years beyond expectation maybe they connected with a source of consciousness that helped them to realize they're the vessel of expression not responsible as the um source of expression Mm -hmm. so i find people who are youthful people who allow life to be laugh with life as we did a little while ago tend to be stay youthful Mm -hmm. those who don't accelerate the quote aging process uh, in the way we damage our body through uh, self-destruction, of uh, belief and attachment to values we grew up with.
1: Hmm. That's a lot, Allison.
0: Huh. Oh, I'm just taking it all in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it does. What did you you uh, called it years ago? It's penetrating oil, John, because a lot hmm. of it just goes right in and doesn't go anywhere but right back out.
0: Yeah, Interesting. The vessel um, is what he speaks of.
2: It is, actually. Um, I, I would submit that the ego knows how to filter out um, a lot. So we listen and hear. Mm. Um, often what we hear is a small percentage of what we're listening for, uh, realizing uh, we don't hear what people tell us we hear our agenda of what Mm -hmm. people tell us so like penetrating oils uh, everybody listening to our discussion will get the pieces and parts appropriate in the moment
1: and does that kind of um for my opinion um kind of makes me think of why you would like something and why you would dislike something your expectation is enrolled in what that person is about to say versus you're looking for what they're going to say is going to agree with you um or disagree with you and if you find that you're not getting what you thought was going to come out some part of you is just like off to the races or you know frustrated or you know quietly in you know wherever we go whenever we don't want to pay attention right or we get disheartened by the fact that that expectation didn't get met. Is that kind of true for you?
2: Yeah, that's a pretty broad question. Thank you. Uh, To answer the question, I would offer uh, the ability to perceive one through the human ego that attaches the um, ego values based on what we grew up with. Mm -hmm. So what we make right or wrong, agree or disagree with, essentially is a loyalty we grew up with from our experience of family. From the spirit's point of view, we'll call it soul for the moment, it perceives the perfection of every necessity of life experience. We create our own realities of what we experience. So the purpose of life is to reflect back to us The challenges yet unresolved. It has many other purposes. But the duality of how the ego perceives this literal realm versus the agreement of the sacredness of our spirit appear very differently.
0: Mm. Okay, so John, I had a question for you about values. You mentioned. We take on the values of our parents, but we continue with those values on into adulthood. We continue to live by those values, and maybe unconsciously, um, it, it drives us, So, uh, from a, I guess, from a subconscious level. And so, um, how do we begin to, I guess, br- bring awareness around that, and then also start to shift those values into, into creating values that are really f- coming from a place of, of what's serving us instead of what was serving our needs when we were smaller and living with our parents
2: Uh, it's a magic question and it's a question that many philosophers therapists counselors have struggled with eons of time uh, including freud and certainly carl Jung. Um, Carl Jung called it individuating. The ability to know self beyond the projections or judgments of what we grew up with. And so the paradox is there is a part of us that wants to belong. And the belonging is to the family we created in our mind, our mother, father, siblings, and the like. And so we attach to their values. And then we belong in a family out of compliance or defiance. So on we go as adult children, carrying forth the same values we grew up with and utilize those values in a future relationship with a significant other spouse. Uh, What happens is it creates a lot of conflict and chaos because it means that we're trying to live our life with the values that we think are appropriate making people we're emotionally invested with right or wrong good or bad uh, when Carl Jung attempted this individuating process where he attempted to separate himself from the values of his family based on my experience what happened was he lost himself um there he actually cracked up because it created for the human ego a loss of connection all oh, right and he fell into the abyss so It's an important question you ask because it's a process, something we do one step at a time, learning how to connect with our own values rather than remain attached to other people and their values. So the human ego has been programmed to get its emotional needs met through attachment, that is approval or disapproval of other people we literally teach them to approve or disapprove of us in the way we were as children, to have a sense of belonging. The separation process happens as we begin to understand the consequences of attachment. Uh, There's a word for this, it's called wisdom. When wisdom happens, we understand the need of getting affirmed, or uh, scolded, uh, shamed, or threatened by another person, how to learn to become a witness of that rather than a participant of it. This is what separates reaction from responding. So older people allow other folks to have opinions that don't necessarily fit in their value system, realizing they're expressing the values they grew up with so it is a journey of wisdom it is a process of self-realizing that if we become the memories of what other people told us we are uh we're trapped so you ask an important question what is this, as Carl Jung called it, individuating how to know self? The answer is to explore new values with self and experience what it's like to live with those values rather than the values projected onto us as children. Yeah, so it really is
0: thank you. an, oh that was Oh, that was, that was fantastic, thanks John.
1: So really it's an ongoing process, like a spiraling effect, because you might bounce back and forth from new values and realize that they weren't all what you thought they were going to be. And then you might go back to some of your parents' values because they did work for a certain amount of time.
2: Yes, the idea that we bounce, oscillate back and forth between the values we experience from our parents and how we identified ourselves through the compliance or defiance of those values versus realizing that I have my own values and own consciousness and it takes time um, at least the illusion of time to witness the consequences because what happens as we begin to disassociate from the values of our family and then we go visit them for turkey day or christmas or whatever uh, they see us as strange and weird (laughs) the black sheep of the family and we feel ostracized Mm -hmm. that's very painful Mm.
1: and yet we still go through it
2: we do and One of the tools we use in our workshop is to help people change the periscope of how you see your mother and father and learning to accept that they're adult children and that they raised you based on the values they were raised by and their family and their family. So, to not carry the burden of attachment of values. We have to learn to accept sometimes harsh, harsh judgment by family members and realize that because we're not living the exact values they live, we're going to get criticized, ignored, punished, hurt. It's very painful.
1: John, so one of the things I wanted to ask was, um, what is it about the idea of you saying that you're seeing your parents as adult um, children?
2: You guys came loaded with great questions today. (laughs) We haven't Um,
1: talked to you in a while, so, you know.
2: (laughs) Well, uh, it could be that how we experience our parents actually changes even more than they change what we see is their childish behavior isn't so much that they changed as we changed our perceptions of how we experience them, allowing, of course, for both to be true. Mm -hmm. So watching our parents' age is pretty scary because all of a sudden it appears we're losing the mother and father of what I made them. Mm -hmm. And now I see him becoming um, less uh, capable. Um, I would actually offer the reason we grieve the illness or death of one or both of our parents is we're losing not who they were, but what we made them. Mm -hmm. And so it is a struggle of humans that have a significant attachment to what they need their parents to be versus who they are. Mm
1: -hmm. And can I add, it? I think one of the parts of me that kind of gets very fearful is it's a window of seeing myself um, in the the aspect of the body does decay. Um, We do have some similarity that we're seeing a progression we may not be like our parents totally in the way that they um change but we are seeing what happens to the dermal layer of our skin and we're seeing the dysfunctions and stuff that you know as you said earlier is a just you know destruction of the organs or destruction of whatever that's created
2: um i would offer the privilege of having mixed with what i perceive some wise folks around the world and one of the things i find many of them agree with is if we could negotiate with our ego to realize the only source of wisdom is to surrender youth Mm -hmm. yes and so everything stays in balance And the question that I ask myself is, do I want to still be able to run like I once did, compete and compare as I used to, or do I want to become a wiser witness of noticing the messages of life I never noticed before? So uh, one can't happen without the other cause and effect. That's why we live in a dualistic world. And so to each of you, I would ask, do you want to hold on to a youthful body that remains uh, insensitive or naive to the deeper expressions of life? Are you willing to take on some wrinkles and some physical um, challenges in order to explore life a little deeper slower (laughs) and more meaningful Mm. if you can negotiate with your ego for this agreement uh, we greet aging with our heart not a defended ego that needs to hide the process beautiful
1: drop the
0: mic all over done (laughs) enough said (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's um, awesome. <laughs> it is. I had a question within before that part. Actually, I wanted to kind of go back to um, with family and and aging and uh, seeing your parents age and and them kind of being children and and because you're looking from a different perspective as you grow, they're really still the same, but you're seeing them differently. Um, I wanted to. Bring family constellations into the mix a bit because the the premise behind that that healing modality is that the family members sometimes are in the wrong place or there have been a it's been the wrong order of uh, energy flow I guess uh, in in that family hierarchy um, is that does that also can you maybe expand on that a bit John and how that works and how that could play a part in uh, possibly your relationship later in life with your your parents and and how you're seeing them and how you know sometimes the energy could be um, unbalanced possibly.
2: <laughs> how long did you guys
0: <laughs> take to question, write these questions? out? <laughs> I didn't even write it; just came from my head. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and your heart. I, I and love heart, the yes.
2: substance of the question. Well, first of all, defining family constellations suggests, not unlike our own constellation, how we orbit um, around uh, the gravitational or energy of other humans. And each of us, uh, when we are incarnated, gestated, and birthed into planet Earth, Um, the problem is that, uh, we all need a niche. We need to fit and I either fit based on birth order or gender and how to get my emotional needs met. I either become compliant or defiant to family values, both work, uh, as to the constellation, um to uh, bring it to a bottom line there is a um, word i'd like to use it's called disorder and at some point the energy flows from our great grandparents to great grandparents to grandparents to parents to us to our children to their children and on it goes the correct order of energy flowing from uh, the the DNA of our uh, legacy into us and onto our children means that um, we are here to support our children. That is to parent our children until they learn to parent themselves, and that breakoff point is different for different people. Some people take on responsibility for their own experiences at a pretty early age. Others (laughs) long past when they otherwise might. The disorder is when children try to parent their parents. When we assume we lose respect, when energy flows backwards, when we are so arrogant we think we know more about how to live our life than our parents and begin to parent them with uh, our values rather than their values. When our parents get older, of course, they become more needy. Our job is to teach them the respect of as they sink deeper into their neediness, they still have great wisdom If not more wisdom to offer. Mm. So we always want to make sure energy is flowing in the right direction. Today, we have raised a society in some families of uh, entitlement. Uh, Who's going to get their Corvette first? Uh, Who's going to uh, go to the bigger college? And on it goes. That money. uh, spent without earning, uh, it creates an entitlement. Mm. And then uh, we project that arrogance onto our family, and it creates a lot of chaos, as you may or may not know. Um, uh, over 25% of the population still lives at home between the ages of 18 and 36. And uh, that was the last numbers I saw. My hunches are higher than that now. And are they living at home with their parents in order to support the parents uh, or to support themselves supporting their parents? Mm -hmm. And how many parents live through their children, not with them? Mm -hmm. How many children live through their parents? So. The rite of passage for many kids happens somewhere between the ages of 11 and 15. If we haven't learned how to be responsible for our own performance by that age, then we blame other people. And as you called it, it's a disorder. Mm -hmm. Does that help?
0: It really does. That was great. Thank you. So, John, how do
1: people reach you? Like, where do they? I know you meet them where they're at in, in, the, in the statements of how you see um, life and stuff. How do people reach you? And your website, um, on Instagram? Where, where, do we, where do people connect with you?
2: Thank you. Uh, yes, journeysofwisdom.com is accessing our website. Uh, they can contact me uh through my associate um by calling area code 614 888 614 um they can um i do play around on facebook on occasion but principally if somebody wanted to meet and greet my purpose of invitation is to tell them they're the teacher i'm the student they bring the homework my job is to fix people my job is to teach people how to save themselves from themselves mm. i always get chills when you say that yeah
0: and if and um, if that's the case john then we've been your teacher for a while now i <laughs> we didn't even mention that we have I've uh, been following your work and, and going to your intensives for quite some time now. And, and so uh, this, is, this is our connection to you for our audience that we've known John for a while and, and um, have learned so much. I have actually enjoyed being a student as well in John's presence and learning so much about the school of life uh, with John. So thank you, John.
1: And we'll also plug in your wife, Lee Randolph, is um, part of your team, and Bonnie, um, who will um, help with any questions if you have them. Um, And uh, you freely can contact them at the number he offers. If you want to go ahead, John, and tell them that number again.
2: 614-888-1240.
1: We really appreciate you being on our show today. Yeah, thank you. Um, as as always. Can,
2: could I create a conscious challenge for the next time we talk if there's a next time? <laughs> sure. Sure. What if we talk about the unified field of energy? How to access the all?
0: Ooh. That sounds great. Let's go ahead and schedule it. Let's book it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what I love about both of you is your chuckles, your laughter, your willingness to look at the, co- the, the uh, continuity of life and laugh with it, not at it. Thank you both. Thank Aww. you, John. Thank
0: you, John. Hopefully, we'll see each other again soon. Uh,
2: that's my hope, too. Thank you both <laughs> again for making this possible. Yeah, yeah you too. same Thank here. You. Thank you, John. Thank you. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. Take care. Thanks again for tuning in, everybody. If you want to check out John McMullen's offerings, you can head over to journeysofwisdom.com. And he usually does these uh, intensives, these holistic coaching intensives, at least two to three times a year. He just offered one in Carlsbad. And he does this one every year, every February. So most likely this is going to be offered again next February. Um, And the subject for this past one, just to give you an example of what he teaches, uh, it was about changing habits, using physical symptoms to find holistic messages of body dysfunction, holistic coaching with couples, and negotiating with the critical inner voice so those are some examples of what you can find in John's intensives and you can of course head over to his website and read more about it um, he usually also has uh, an intensive in the spring so make sure you look out for that and he has it uh, ha- offers them in Cape Corral Florida where's, which is where he lives and he also offers them in Carlsbad California on uh, every year it's pretty consistent so if you want to if you want to join in on one of those which I highly recommend just go ahead and join his email list and you'll get notified of the next one coming up so thanks again everybody for listening and uh, tuning in today we have a lot of I have a lot of really cool guests coming up a lot of people a lot of interviews that I've been doing I've been trying to get them out as, as soon as I can but I really also am super busy with my coaching business so I'm trying to again find that balance you know find the balance of being able to put this content out in a way that is um, you know not rushing it but I want to make sure that I'm doing a good job of giving you guys um, good information and um, in a way that really um, is clear and concise and, and is not too you know not too crazy um, rushed or whatever Um, as well as I just want to you know it's about quality for me and it's also about me being able to also do the things that I need to do for myself and building in that self-care time and I hope you're doing that too so until next time thanks so much for listening and I will talk to you all again soon